What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Tuesday, a couple days after the best weekend of the season, that being Arch Madness. We will recap or preview or recap, excuse me, Arch Madness, along with some other things that have happened lately, mainly evolved around our top recruit. And we'll get in some other uh, things of potential topics of. or we'll just mention some potential topics after this. This will mainly be an Arch Madness recap. We will have, all depending on news here in the next couple of days or into early next week, we will recap this season that was sometime then, as well as kind of sneak peek some topics leading into the offseason, but we'll save it at that point. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, again, it was one of the, it was our favorite weekend of the year. Was really looking forward to it, uh, and obviously, you know, most of the weekend went according to plan. From stuff that happened on the court and the games, for, from even SIU's perspective, obviously, and it was fun outside of the court and able to do things because we were in a prime location for where we stayed. Overall, it was a quality, quality weekend. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always going up to St. Louis um, for the for Arch Madness and. This is overall experience with this year. Um, three three new teams really only saw. I mean, Belmont brought a little bit, but Murray State brought a pretty good fan base. But it was a really really good out out pouring for a lot of a lot of teams. I mean, obviously Bradley's always going to show out. You and I um, for even playing on Thursday, they had a lot of fans there. Um, saw Indiana State sold out all their tickets. They brought a good fan base. Drake had a good fan base, but our SIU really showed out this, this year. Um, really good, good to see because Friday night that place was rocking. And even on Saturday, even though it didn't go our way, it was still loud and that's a good thing. So hopefully in these next, we can continue rolling in these next couple of years and always continue packing, but great weekend, good experience all around. Good, good eating at different places. Um, didn't end up how we wanted it, but great weekend no matter what. Yeah, that was the biggest thing of all, or one of the biggest things of all was how our crowd traveled. I mean, we were one of, if not the closest team to St. Louis, and it always makes sense why our fan base would be huge, you know, and we were kind of expecting to be that way. We weren't sure, like we said at the beginning with the seating chart, it was small, but then we realized we had a big section, so it's like, hey, let's pack that thing, and that we did this weekend, and Obviously, you know, it ties into how good the team was this year. So teams were going to show up and show out for them and hoping they could get to that next day, which they did. We will dive into it all here shortly. But, no, let's kick off to get some things out of the way here. Let's start off with Kennard Davis. We know he played and he has he's ha- has had a lot of success this season, definitely over the last couple of months. But definitely here he's earning some hardware here the last couple of days. And he even played yesterday. We'll get in, dive into some of his games. Like I said, he's earning some hardware before the biggest of hardware here down the road. Yeah, we knew last week um, on our Arch Madness preview show that he was entering district play and uh, had some favorable matchups along the way. Um, but really, really interesting to see how how he ended up. If he'd be able to come, we did not we did not see him there. Um, on Saturday night, but um, last week he beat Confluence Prep Academy 75-45 in the semis of district play. 
Um, then in the in the final district play, his team won on Friday night, 67-38 over Miller Academy. So they won another district title for Vashon. That's big for um, big for Kennard. Did not see any stats, so have not seen any stats yet. But hopefully those will come along the way because I'd love to see a season staff. Hopefully maybe somebody writes a uh, article on him at the end of the season or something that says his stats. But other than that, we know he started um, the state tournament already and and off to a great start. We knew he had a favorable matchup again. Um, in the sectional title game, they beat Soldan International Studies 79 79- 42 so we know on um i believe it'd be thursday or thursday now they play lutheran st charles so i i think they just gonna continue on rolling because this team's on a run and they won another state title um i'm trying to check real quick if they've played lutheran i don't think they have this year because all the other teams they had already wiped the floor with earlier this year. They have not played Lutheran St. Charles this year. So a new matchup, but I expect it to be a good one. Um, I think just knowing how districts and stuff, Lutheran St. Charles is, I think, 14 and 15 on the year. So not a great record, but that's just how things go. In the state title game, they knocked off the Kirksville, one of the top seeds. So Vashon going to continue rolling. We'll just keep you guys updated as long as we as as we go, we'll try to, um, like I seen you retweeted his game last night. So we'll start retweeting stuff. Then when we have another episode, we'll update you guys. Yeah, more blowouts, and it was cool on Friday. We actually got a DM from Coach Maman about about Kennard and playing near downtown St. Louis, about five minutes from the Hilton. He said that it was a lift for life, and that's what everybody else was thinking. We were saying how you know we. We would love to make it, but we'd love to enjoy the games before our games. And uh, so we found out about that early on on Friday before our game and found out it was at Harris-Stowe State University, which is obviously over there on the uh, whatever side of town that is near like SLU and stuff. So they did that. And, yeah, I mean, he got – and he did win that district. He had a cool title. It's a cool like little trophy they had in the shape of uh, Missouri and – yeah, last night they won as well. He had 20 points and there were another blowout. So yeah. Um you're right. It'll be an, it'll be tougher. As you said, he hasn't played this team as far as we know. So everyone else he has. So it's he knew everybody before. That's why there were blowouts, but he gets to play a new team and we'll see Friday at Lindenwood at four o'clock what he's got to continue his season. Uh, but it was cool that he was near the St. Louis area and playing and Mom let us know about it. And a lot of people were talking about it leading up to our game but we were always going to watch those games prior uh so good stuff on canard there i did see just off the top of my head real fast pro salukis i think uh long island nets he's the only one i'll talk about long island nets played today Kevion had like 14 and 10 i want to say 14 and 11 which was a good game for him so a quick shout out there no we'll move along here i did see it just because that's ironic because we know how important he's been for northwestern chris lowry got voted as the top assistant in the country, and we recall, obviously, he almost went to Missouri State. Not sure why he ended up not. Maybe it was just like you said earlier. Maybe he just took the, uh, you know, the bigger opportunity to win Northwestern. And Noah, your your final thoughts on just the fact that, uh, obviously, he's still impacting this time. I mean, 
he's been an assistant for so long. He goes to Northwestern. He changes everything about him. Like we said, they're a top defensive team. As Illinois fans, they've given them fits. Illinois is going to be on a road in the Big Ten tournament, have to go through Northwestern. And Chris Lowry has single-handedly took over Northwestern, gave Chris Collins probably an extension on top of that, and obviously gave Chris himself gave himself a uh, an opportunity to be a head coach. But, no, he's transcended that, as we expected as a defensive coach, because he did it, obviously, a long time ago here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting that award, um, it's kind of – you don't see that award very often, but he definitely deserves it the way defensively he's changed that uh, – changed that defense, I mean, and has that program under, under Collins going in the right direction. So – um, good award for him. I was just crazy to think that he could be back here in the Valley next couple of years, I think. Um, be interesting to see um, if some spots open up because I think he definitely is in, in line for another coaching job here soon. Yeah, and we – it's funny you mentioned how we don't hear about it as often. Obviously, it happens every year, but just because it's him, we noticed it and saw it on Twitter, and obviously it's worth mentioning just because him, but it does happen every year. So shout out to Chris Lowry. And then, so now it's time this weekend. You kind of gave it in, in the opening of um, how it was and everything, and yes, we got there. We went on Thursday. Luckily, we had a fringo with us. Not sure if he was able to. He's a assistant coach on Carterville High School here locally, and they ha- happened to lose in their sectional the, the day before. So he was able to actually go with us, which made it more fun. Uh, and we did. We went up there Thursday, and we didn't get the, didn't stay at a hotel till in between sessions on Thursday because we didn't have the check in until the appropriate time. So we went in between, stayed at Live by Lowe's as we recall. As we mentioned Illinois State stayed there. We knew they were going to last, even though they had a favorable matchup. We'll get to their game here in a second. Uh, so we stayed at Live by Lowe's and had a balcony right off of the big area they built there with Ballpark Village attached to it. Um, and it was an incredible view. Honestly, an incredible place. We mentioned how you know, it was a little bit pricey to go there, but it was new. It's cool. Our fridge didn't work in the place. It was really cool, though, otherwise, uh, being at that exact spot, easy walking distance to Enterprise Center, obviously right next to Ballpark Village. And you mentioned that yeah, we ate at some places, ate at Salt and Smoke, which is a popular joint, ate there uh, Thursday night, I believe, um, whenever we did. And then, we, yeah, we ate a couple of – ate at uh, – Wheelhouse, ate at 10 Roof the final day on Sunday, and then ate at Ballpark Village, ate at a couple of spots uh, downtown as well. So overall experience was awesome. In court, you know, in, in accordance to where we stayed, we know SIU stayed at the Hilton, and that was actually right behind BPV. I actually forgot that that was the case. We could have stayed there, but we know it was packed with two teams staying there. So we were happy with where we stayed. It was an awesome, awesome spot. You know, I had on here, and I guess we talked about throughout the, throughout the uh, thing about – and Marcus Damask had an injury going into this. We'll tie that in a little bit to our to our uh, preview. But no, let's talk about you know that Thursday. It was it was talked about with the extra teams and the extra game that it was going to be a lot more exciting on Thursday. And it was the opposite in terms of competitive games. I mentioned the Illinois State Northern Iowa game. You and I got the win by thirteen. It was funny because obviously you can't vote and or you can't uh, bet in Missouri. You're able to do some things. And our buddy that that he was with had some fun. DraftKings things to bet on that that game. So we had some extra things to uh, I, not really root for, but kind of just keep us more involved in the game than we already were. So that was fun. Those first couple of games, that was the case. But you and I won by 13. Indiana State waxed the floor with Evansville by 39. 
biggest win in conference tournament history uh, in ours. Uh, Murray beat Valpo Noah by 28, and then Missouri State, the game we were tied to the most late that night, a 17-point win for Missouri State over USC. Noah, your, your overall thoughts on Thursday, if you wanted to go just pick apart some games. Obviously, there's one game in particular, that second game, that had a guy that was red hot and breaking records throughout the tournament. We can touch on that more as we go here, but overall – blowouts aside, I guess, totally. I mean, I guess that's the only thing you could say about how this Thursday went. How do you think it went overall? Yeah, definitely um, disappointing Thursday. I mean, everybody talked about how it could be, could be madness this year, the way the league had went throughout the season. But we talked on the, on the preview that probably going to be a lot of chalk and it definitely, it was on Thursday. So, um, yeah, the first game, I mean, just running through them real quick. Bowen Bourne was really good in that one. Um, you mentioned Cooper Nice being hot. Um, really liked Robbie Avila's game in that one. Then the Valpo. Valpo just, I mean, 14 from Cricky. He did not show up. One of their worst performances of the year. Um, one of the best performances from Murray. Then the last game to close it out. UIC just they have a really good starting five, but they just don't have enough off the bench. So the depth of um, Missouri state just really got to them. Austin Mason and Mogbo and Mayo was really good in that one as well. Yeah. And even with how bad the, you mentioned chalk for Thursdays, but that ended up creating, you know, we, we, you do want madness. That's what you want in college basketball this time of year when March hits, but definitely it means for better games, perhaps the next day, and that's what Friday was. But, yeah, we were glued to that last game. Missouri State was clicking on all cylinders, kind of made us nervous, and we were we were in one because Valpo arguably played one of their worst games of the season against Murray. Murray was clicking on all cylinders, so we were thinking, oh, can they give Drake a test the next day? And at the end of the state, you knew that game. Evansville probably played their worst game of the season in that, and then Illinois State uh, just had a terrible first half in that one. So, yeah, Chalk moved on. So, on to Friday now. Another early game. Another noon game for Northern Iowa this day. This was a close call. Bradley wins by six. Um, you know, it wasn't out of all the – well, actually, once we get to our game, I guess we could say that. But, uh, obviously, you and I gave Bradley a scare here. You kind of had a feeling it could happen. Um, it was either either which. Illinois State can beat him in the paint. But you and I, with their coach and their, and their young guys playing as well as they did, it was an awesome, awesome game. So they they gave Bradley a scare at on the noon game, and then Indiana State getting a three point win at Belmont in a ninety four to ninety one game. This was the game we talked about Cooper Nice who went nine of eleven from three. Uh, at one point, Noah throughout, I'll let you dive into it here in a second. That he was, yeah, I think we, did, we tried to do the math. He was making like ten straight, dating back from the last game into this game. Uh, he had thirty three that led the way. Uh, like I said, 94-91 win in a, in a crazy game. The Belmont put up a fight. You could have went either which way. I think there was a bad foul at the end, if I recall. Off the top of my head, other people talking about it. And then as the other game we mentioned, uh, Drake won by 12 over Murray. They kind of – I think they had a run early in the second half. People say Murray was playing with them at first. And then obviously Drake pulled away. Yeah, it was only a two-point game at half, and then Drake got scored by 10 in the second with that 12-point win to move on as well. Noah, before we get into our game, your thoughts on the other three? Like I said, Bradley got scared a little bit. Indiana State-Belmont was as advertised scoring-wise, and then Drake pulling away against, like I said, Murray, who looked good the night before. Yeah, it definitely showed you – it showed you on – right away at that noon game why you, 
why why we wanted Bradley on our side of the bracket because we thought they were the best chance. Um, I mean, Rick Mass was great in that one. I had 22 first-half points, had a career high with 30. Then on the other side, Bowen Bourne, 34, his career high. I mean, it felt like down the stretch of that one, Bowen Bourne was taking every shot, which right, rightfully so, but they just came up short. They they had a run in them. Um, then, yeah, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Nice was unbelievable, 33. Um, just – this, I've never seen – we were talking, we've never seen anything like that in person. A guy on go on a streak like he did, and it was incredible. Kate Tyson was great for Belmont in that one. Um, ben Shepard had a quiet 19. Felt like he didn't do as much as he could have for that team. Then Murray State just ran out of gas, and Drake did enough to hold him off. Tucker with 27. Um, Roman was 16, but – 22 and 12 for Rob Perry from Murray State. Um, just ran out of gas, and we knew that Drake would take care of Bezos because um, they're on a they were on a path to get back to that title game because they hadn't. This is their last chance with this group, and we knew they'd be out for it. And they just took care of business that night. Yeah, and the U and I Bradley game. I'm pretty sure there was also a stat heard on March to the Arch this morning that. It was the first time ever that two players in the same game in the Arch Madness tournament both had 30. You mentioned Rink having 30 and Bowen had 34. So that definitely was a great matchup. Uh, yeah, Rink getting his career high. We'll get to the the final two games that he had that he didn't look the best in. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. And that's – Indiana State game, I went with the preface by saying in the Evansville game, they obviously didn't need him to, but uh, Voss McCauley didn't even score in that one. And then – and this one, he only ends up with 12 and 13 shots. So it wasn't the – he had some key shots. Definitely we'll get to the next game that he did. But, uh, I mean, they scored hard. I mean, they had to break records, too, clearly, of most points in the first two games, even three. We'll get to their – they scored a lot in their third game as well. So a great showing by the Sycamores. And like I said, we'll get to that game in a second. So, Noah, let's get into our game here. The main event of that night started at, like, 845. So the schedule wasn't too crazy after the fact about it, how, what everything else happened. Uh, and this was a game that was ugly, as we predicted, a 54-51 to 51 win that it was. Uh, it was kind of back and forth a lot. No, I mean, just diving into the fact that uh, Donovan Clay played well in this game, but definitely throughout spurts of the first half and in the second half. But, no, the biggest part of this whole game in the first half, I thought we were going to be the death of us, is when we didn't take advantage of whenever Mogbo and Clay both got in foul trouble and both didn't even see at least the last five to ten minutes of the second half. They rolled out a Chance Moore, Kendall Moore, uh, Mayo, uh, NJ Benson, Original, and whoever else, a little bit of uh, Graham, which I don't think he played a lot in the game itself. But, no, they were throwing out a lineup that you thought you could take advantage of. Rafe Ayers appeared in this game. Throughout it, I mean, Noah, again, that's that's part, that was the biggest thing. We thought it was going to be the death of us, and we weren't able to take advantage of more when those guys, uh, like I said, were in foul trouble. That was the main thing of this first step. What else stuck out to you? Because we'll get into a game else and who we had for dog of the game. We talked about maybe doing a pod uh, physically, but we ended up not. We figured we would just save it, even though that was a win that maybe qualified a tap everyone after. But, Noah, that first half uh, was led by the fact that we took couldn't take advantage when those guys were in foul trouble. Yeah, it was just a little bit of sloppy play with turnovers and 
A lot of missed free throws. I mean, Xavier Johnson in this one, just terrible at the free throw line. Um, ended up He ended up one of five from the free throw line. Actually, in my book, one of six because he missed the front end of a one-and-one. One. Just killed us um, playing playing bad basketball. We had too many turnovers only in that first half, a little bit of sloppiness. and Yeah, it just sucks when we just can't take advantage of it and guys like uh, Ray Fair is trying to guard your best player and best player doesn't take advantage of stuff like that. Yeah, and even throughout this game, when I mentioned when Clay was playing, he was getting easy looks at the rim. We were trying to throw us before we threw Troy in there. I mean, they were putting – there was weird matchups. Sometimes you see Dalton on him. Sometimes we Dalton was on Austin. He couldn't stay in front of him. You, they'd throw Trent on Donovan at times. And other than that, it was Lance on him. Uh, but he was getting whatever he wanted at the rim. And, I mean, throughout the game, Mago didn't even score to the very end when it was a scare. But we ended up down – down by 13 at the seven and a half minute mark in this first half until Troy made a clutch three, I believe in the one, one of the corners to cut it to 10, they got it back up to 12, cut it back to 10. And then we got it within five at halftime. But again, that, that sparked of a run of not being able. I mean, there was, like I said, it was ugly. You mentioned turnovers. I mean, there were, there were spurts without any, I mean, NJ Benson came in. He, he's just a lot bigger than what we remember in high school. He had a huge growth spurt. He actually played well. At times, he was getting key rebounds. He got offensive rebounds. Uh, Austin Mason was not taking advantage of more matchups when he get the mismatch, kind of like how we did the last time we played them. J.D. got a layup, and Marcus got a layup before we have to cut it to that five that it was. So we were thinking it was reasonable. We were definitely not, uh, you know, thinking positive thoughts at that point going into halftime. But we did say, if the only thing, well, I don't know if we even said it out loud, but obviously it was in the back of everyone's mind that we are a second-half team, that we can just hope for a better second half than what we played. But we knew Clay and Mogba were to come back in and make a difference, and maybe that could have been the difference, but it wasn't. Um, so out of the second half, Donovan Clay had a jump shot that made it back to seven. Uh, and then, you know, we did see Clarence, who played well in this tournament. We remember we'll get into more of the second game of of who we had for our dogs of the weekend and our X-Factors. Uh, but Clarence, we mentioned how he obviously has to play well against Mogbo. He has to play well in general, knowing he's a starter. So he had a good offensive tournament. Uh, he scored here. Marcus hit a three, so we cut it within four. X made it within one with a three of his own. Then it went scoreless before Marcus had a couple free throws that Clay fouled him on. There was some, some sketchy fouls, can't lie, even for us. Uh, so Marcus gave us the lead. Don made uh, – he went one of two from the free throw line, and then he made a jump shot. He was – He's so smooth sometimes, it's crazy. And we'll get to some news after this game that he announced. Uh, but X tied it back up. Lance, who had a had a tough game, uh, got on the board with a layup that gave us two. Him and uh, Don were going back and forth. Chance Moore, who was on the all-bench team, had a decent showing in this when he had his own little four run, and there weren't enough points. Damian Mayo, who was awesome in, their, in the UIC game, was awesome against us at times. Trent got fouled on a three-pointer. Went two of three. This when we were down five, so we clearly needed points as much as possible. Um, so he made it, and then it was a four-point game. And then it got all the way to X having layups. Clarence making both free throws, which were massive, to give us a two-point lead after we tied it with an X layup. Uh, X and Marcus got us on there. But then Noah here, the biggest shot, one of the biggest shots of the game, four-minute mark, knowing it was crunch time. After X got a steal on Damian Mayo to go down, and a guy who was already dog of the game to that point, win or lose, with how he scored in the first half. But Noah, 
I think he at one point here he had a he had an and one before this, but no, he had a huge three that gave us a five point lead. He said easy dog of the game for Troy. One of the biggest shots. He does hit some of the clutches threes dating back to last year. He hits. I mean, it sparked us again when we were down ten, as I mentioned earlier in this uh, part here. I mean, he just he hit some big shots and that gave us a five point lead. But obviously, we knew it wasn't safe at that point to end up with a comfortable win as the Bears came back clawing back. Yeah, absolutely. Big time, big time game from Troy. Um, scoring ten points, being that, being that guy that, alongside X and Marcus, getting it done with Lancers having another pitiful game, not being able to get it done on, from the field. So Troy stepping up, knocking down that big three, um, taking, taking the taking advantage of the opportunities he getting. Able to guard Clay, even though Clay almost got everything he always wanted on the defensive end, but making him work for stuff like that. So, um, big time by him. Then X be able to down the stretch, close it out. Um, but once they started pressing late, I mean, Marcus had back to back turnovers, and this one, Troy had a terrible turnover to allow them to cut it to one with 30 seconds left. Um, but at the end, Marcus was able to knock down two free throws to put us up three and should have fouled, should have fouled, haven't done it all year. I don't know why. I guess analytically, Brian believes that not to foul, but we let Kendall Moore get off a great look. Luckily, he missed it, so we held on 54-51 in that one. Yeah, after X, he had a layup and he kind of flexed to the bench. We were kind of like we like I said, kind of feeling high and mighty at that point, even at the two minute mark, uh, two twenty mark, up seven, and then Donovan got back to back shots. One of them was off an offensive rebound. Another one was just an easy one. So he cut up the three with a minute left. So you know you had to be smart with it. So after Missouri State called a timeout after that, you mentioned Marcus's turnover. Jay he was just throwing it in bounds. Trent was coming up the sideline because he was unguarded, and Marcus just made. I can't even recall. I don't think they were guarding the inbounds too hard either, but it was a weird angle. Maybe he was trying to avoid the rim on his on his throw, but he threw it out of bounds to Trent. So they got the ball. As you said, luckily, yeah, Austin did miss the three. Austin got the offensive rebound. He did. He turned it over. But then Troy, yeah, immediately turned it back over. They were kind of – they were pressing us in the moment. And I thought we handled the press decent at times this year, but they were – I mean, you can tell, I remember Trent trying to throw one up whenever Marcus made his free throws, I mean, but it was just, they were playing chaotic that they obviously had to hold on to a, to a game like that, that your season was on the line. You, you want to feel that way throughout a season in general, but knowing the season was on the line, potentially if you lost that there's extra pressure on you. And as an athlete, you got to like, obviously uh, tone that out. But uh, yeah, Troy did, he tried to make a pass. I guess there was a little bit of, clearly there was miscommunication and he threw it like five feet right to, um, Kendall Moore, who then lobbed it up to Mogbo, or Mogbo got the steal. Kendall got it, threw it up to Mogbo for his only points for kind of an alley-oop or a throw-in. So then, yeah, we got the timeout, and then uh, Donovan luckily fouled Marcus, and Brian called the timeout before that. Marcus was asked after the game about uh, if he was okay with it, because he said when they got back to the huddle that they were just telling them to breathe and obviously, uh, you know, relax a little bit before Marcus' free throw, so he was okay with him, and then, yeah, he had ice in his veins and crucial moments, because if he missed even one of them, you know, obviously they're only down two. They're a team that likes to chuck up a three. That 20 seconds of that's a lot of time for Missouri State to go down and get in their half court and throw up something. So, luckily, he made both. And then, yeah, Kendall Moore got a great look from Alston 
around the corner to tie it, did miss it, and we escaped with the win. But those turnovers definitely are crucial where you don't want. I mean, Missouri State's going to force them. They're talented. They're going to be able to do it. But there's a lot of mental mistakes on our part. So we did escape with the win. Luckily, for our first Friday win in a long time, actually our, our last Friday win came against Missouri State as well, against Alabama Johnson back in the day about five or six years ago. So it's been a while, clearly, since we got it done. That was one of our goals was to say get to Saturday and no matter obviously how it gets done, but the fact that you get it done and you're able to close it out, thanks to Marcus and his free throw. So quickly into the box score, Donovan had 18 for them, a great showing. I said Mogbo, besides foul trouble, he only had two and five. So took him out of the game a little bit in 19 minutes. J.D. was really good on him. When they tried to throw it into him, J.D. would bat it away. Chance more at 10 off the bench. Other than that, they didn't have anybody in double figures. I mentioned uh, it was only in the 50s as a game, but Reginald had it. You know, he had eight points in a stretch there uh, in the first half, I believe, and didn't do much in the second. Uh, for us, Marcus, 17 on 17 shots. X had 13, big 13. Actually, obviously, I remember posting the box score and didn't see that he did have 13. So those, those were huge outside of those uh, missed free throws. Yes. And then. Yeah, Lance, 31 minutes, 1 of 11 shooting, 0 for 5. I guess at times his, de his defense was good on Clay, but obviously he has the score for us to do anything, and luckily we escaped with him only scoring three. Uh, Clarence had seven, only had one rebound, three of six from the free throw line in uh, 16 minutes. Good job by Clarence. And then Troy, we mentioned, 10 points, five rebounds, uh, one of them offensive, two of three from the, three, from the free throw line, and perfect from the three-point line. It wasn't J.D.'s best game. He did have eight rebounds, though. I mentioned those bad aways. Scoring-wise, it wasn't his best. Foster, three minutes came in. Uh, Dalton, which was nice to see for Foster. Dalton, seven minutes, didn't score, had a couple fouls. And then Trent, 14 minutes, had two of those free throws. So, you know, what stuck out to you, clearly, in this, like we said, it was Lance easily could have done more. At least we got scoring from X and Rupert. But, no, as I mentioned, I mean, your X factor was Trent. Mine was Jawan Newton, and he played 20 minutes, didn't even get a shot up. We'll get to the, his next game. But, clearly, we knew going into the next day, it's like, well, you know, scoring in the 50s, that's what we do as a team. But Jawan needed to do something this weekend to solidify him having a good season with us. Obviously, he has and did, but clearly he could have done more in this game. If he does a little bit more, we don't be sweating like we did at the very end. Yeah, I mean, Lance Jones just – if you had told, told me he would have went 1 of 11, 0 of 5 from 3, three points in the first in the first game we played on Friday night, I had said, well, looks like another Friday, Friday loss. But luckily, Xavier Johnson was doing everything he could, took advantage. He loved the matchup against Austin Mason, did really job there. Then, obviously, Clarence, big seven points and 10 from Troy. Um, if those two guys don't – get a combined 17 you lose this one so those guys step up only 10 turnovers we turned them over 17 times that really helped in the second half getting those turnovers because they ended up with 12 offensive rebounds in this one we had eight that's probably our highest on the year and I can't don't know that for a fact but I'd say that's definitely up there we don't crash the boards very often so um Big time. I mean, it was just one of those where Foster gets thrown in for four minutes because that's how bad we were struggling. Dalton Dalton Banks didn't play very well in this one, but um, they got the jo job done after that game. All what well, the SIU chance um, in 
in the Banter or in the Banter Center. In the Enterprise Center was great hearing that walking through out going going towards the doorway, getting to see other SIU fans. It's just like we said, survive in advance and that's what we that's what this team did on Friday night. Yeah, it was a game that both teams shot barely forty percent. I mean, 13 of 25 from the free throw line for us for 52% could have been a death sentence as well. You're right. What's good on the rebounding end, we know Missouri State's one of the best in the league. We did what we do in Steel's department, let's six to three, and then there's the turnovers. With 10 or less, you usually win for the most part. Our record's great when we do that. So we're able to do that. Like I said, we had it would have been eight if we didn't turn it over at the end, and we win by more than just the scary three. But uh, overall, definitely a great way to end the night and our first Friday win, like I said, in a long time. And some things afterwards, we know people speak with the media. Donovan Clay was asked about his future, and he did allude to the fact that he probably will come back. I don't have the quote in front of me. Pretty much said he is. And just thinking about it before we talk about it at some point, it seems like you know they have a semi-young team. They didn't have a whole lot of seniors. We mentioned uh, maybe Carper's the only one, and he's done or didn't play this year, depending upon – medical red shirts or anything that he has left. But other than that, their core is young and they could very well be back all depending. They could add, they could lose. You never know. But Donovan Clay pretty much assured the fact that he will come back. That was via a lot of people, even Wyatt Wheeler. I've been talking about some things with that, asking about Missouri State's future, what they got to do to uh, improve and get the fan base behind them. And then we got a chance to, because we knew they were going to be the team. SIU was going to be still at the enterprise for a while. Uh, which, by the way, we had great seats to this game. And then uh, everyone was able to really move around wherever they wanted. And then we met them at the Hilton, got there almost ex- – we walked over there, got exactly there literally probably five minutes before the team got there, and they all came in with some other – some small amount of people that were in there, and we congratulated them before they headed to the conference room. And uh, when we walked around also – waved it. I remember Javon, my mom, but then they were eating and they're a little part of the conference room and of the Hilton eating. And then they go to the conference room and talk about it. And I'm sure watch film for the next day. So those were some things added after the game. So obviously that's how it ended. Fun. Looking forward to Saturday. So Noah on Saturday with the final four left, we mentioned how Indiana state beat Belmont in that great game. Indiana state gave Bradley the scare of a lifetime, a game in the seventies. We mentioned how Cooper Nice. Only had 11 in this game. He wasn't as good offensively himself. No, Indiana State only had six bench points. That was Cade McKnight. But like I said, game in the 70s, you would expect guys with a lot more. I mean, Cam Henry, who was tremendous in this tournament as well. Robbie Avila was great. and We knew it was going to be a tough matchup uh, for Bradley. And for even Rick Mast in this game, and that he was. Like I said, no, it was a crazy, crazy game that came down to the wire of uh, – I don't forget how it is. Obviously, there's always certain ways for how crappy a game can end when it can be this close. Something barely goes one's way. And if they had a lead at one point, no, they fought back. And the name of this game, I mentioned Robbie's performance and how he would be against rink match. No, rink match, two points in 30 minutes. That could have been a death sentence for them as well. A couple guys showed out off of their bench, Jayshon Henry included. Noah, talk about this game a little bit. Like I said, it could have been Indiana State very well playing on Sunday if they just do something else right there. Like I said, I don't remember what happened at the very end, but obviously gave Bradley the scare of a lifetime. Yeah, definitely. Jay Sean and Connor Hickman stepping up. Um, Rink, after getting his career high, goes two points, five rebounds, five assists. Did have a steal and a block. So 
he was okay defensively, but Robbie got all, the best of him. Robbie ended up with 16 points. Um, yeah, this is where Jay or Cavassier McCauley hits a three to take the lead at the end, um, then leaves uh, Bradley had time to get a shot off. Duke Dean misses a shot, but Malavai goes up for the rebound. And it was just one of those Julian Larry was going for going for the going for the rebound, and he fouled Malavai. Got to call it no matter what. And Malavai knocks down two free throws to retake the lead. Then I think there was about nine nine seconds left. Um, Indiana State comes down and they tried dribble handoff and they just kind of trapped it and did not get a good look off and didn't even have a chance. It was short, so um, sucks. We did get to see Coach Search, Coach Shirts on Saturday night when we were walking out of our hotel to go get something to eat and got to talk to him for a second. So just really gritty performance by Indiana State, showing showing what they had left in the tank from already playing two games. And like I said, talking about Bradley, Bradley um, earlier, this is this is why we wanted Bradley on our side. Yeah, so I guess at the end it would have been more favorable to play as the four seed or the five seed, even get Evansville. You never want to play on Thursday. You can wear down. That's what we thought Bradley could, whoever that could have been. And if it wasn't, obviously, if it wasn't in a state, clearly because Belmont missed Thursday night, um, that Bradley would be the team to take advantage of. And they had a scare before that, but they'd be a team to wear you down if you were tired. And Indiana State even had the makings of a team to go deep. That's why we mentioned earlier, maybe. If they were to play postseason basketball, they're a team that can go win it, a tournament that they could play in because that offense is just unbelievable in the way they play. And you're right, we did see Josh Gertz, and we joked with him after, told him congrats on his season, and then joked with him about uh, if we could use his playbook because it was after, yeah, after we lost and the game that we'll have here that we'll talk about, about the the inability to score, and joked with him about that. And then he joked about if he could have Lance. And Marcus, so we had, it was a fun moment with Coach. We had some more instances with some people throughout the tournament, but I'd say that one was one of the coolest because it was like, why was he standing outside of our apartment or our uh, hotel right there? I guess waiting on his bus and just enjoying something before they hit the road because they had uh, lost like five hours before. So random seeing him all by himself on his phone outside, but yeah, I had a moment with him which was cool. Uh, yeah, both teams shot in the nineties on the free throw line this game: sixteen of seventeen, Indiana State; ten of eleven, Bradley. But you're right. That foul at the end, and then they had a couple of seconds to go down and score. Voss didn't miss that, so a great season for Indiana State. That, like I said, that offense can win you a whole lot, and we knew it could do it in this tournament. Um, that's why they were picked as one of the dark horses. And you know, they're up and down season. However way it went, they had a very very solid. And like I said, they kind of lived up to being a picked as a dark horse in this. So that happened before ours. And then Noah, going into ours, we just had a, a couple of drinks before we walked over. We mentioned out before we we wanted to get this happening. We wanted to see the lights off in the uh, in the starting lineup. All that was awesome. The fans. It looked like at first it wasn't going to be as packed as Friday, but they obviously gathered in and was tremendous. Drake had fans everywhere, kind of on the side that we because we were sitting on the offside of the benches of the benches and our crowd. Um, but we we said before this, you know, we're playing with house money in this game. You know, we I remember tweeting that we had you know. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. It's like, well, you don't want to look at it that way, you know, because our main goal shouldn't just be Saturday. We know it's 
we knew just the, the team that Drake is and the team that they ended up being in the rest of this tournament in their two games that it was just it just stinks because you know we had to go through them and we knew it was going to be hard so that's why we said that but obviously you want to be able to play on Sunday you don't want to be viewed as just that total underdog and we were underdogs in this game if we recall what was it three to, I don't remember what the spreads were before this game three or six or something I think it was around six um, and I guess Drake you know as soon as they got in their white uniforms uh, for the first time or in the back-to-back games we'll mention how when they got their blue on the next day but I mean, no, this was a game, like I said, house money going in. We couldn't have had a better start. And that was a 9 nothing start we had to start this one. It was Lance. It was a, it was a bank three to get us started. It was X a three. It was Lance another three. So 9 nothing, And the crowd's going crazy. We're going crazy just in the moment thinking about how potentially this game could go. Like I said, maybe a slop-in banker. They were missing some of those. We were getting, you know, easy defensive rebounds for the most part. But, Noah, that ended quickly. I mean, they got on the board thanks to Sturts making a couple, like four, you know, two sets of free throws. So four points right there. Juwan was missing some decent looks from three. JD did have a layup that X found him on. So we're, we're up 11 to four, but no, like that next thing you know, you can, if you know it, I know it. If you want to dump into it of the run that Drake went on throughout this, after we were up nine, nothing, the run that they went on whenever they were up big on us. And then obviously what it ended up being at halftime. Yeah, it's just after once Lance baked in a three and just with the run we went on to start the game, I thought it was just right right in that moment, everybody as a Sluky fan thought once he banked it in that when he does something crazy like that, that he's going to have a good night. And it was just was supposed to be meant to be winning that game, jumping off to a great start. Yeah, then they just go on a – Absolutely, I don't know exactly in my head. You probably know it off the top of your head. What kind of run to finish the I half? I think it was 30, 30 to five run. I think they. Yeah, did. just just insane kind of run to end the half when you when the we jump out to a nine zero, then it was up to eleven to four lead. I mean, they go on a thirty five run. That's what we've talked about all year. When we have great starts, well, that next seven to eight minutes really it turned out to be the rest of the half after our great start. I mean, just not enough offense, just Lance struggling, Marcus struggling, just not enough answers offensively. Um, Just can't happen, especially that's how you end up down 39 to 23 at halftime. I mean – and it was the name of it. They did it in their in their in their previous game, and then they did it again on Sunday. I mean, once they get going from three, there's honestly some things you can't do anything about it. That's what they did when they killed us at their place. I mean, some things were effort on our end, but some were just shots you had, you couldn't do anything about. And but a lot of that was you know they got some offensive rebounds, but really they just went down and shot. Calhoun had a really good final couple games of the tournament. Um, you know, and, and Tucker got going, which Lance was on him throughout the game. Brody had a four run here when they cut it, and they finally grabbed the late lead. We had a four run, though, to give us an extra two-point lead. Thanks to Dalton getting a layup, but J.D. Marcus found him on the end to get to, like I said, tie it, and then Dalton took the lead. And then Tucker hit a three. Calhoun hit a three. Wilkins hit a three. That's whenever they were going crazy with their fans. We had to call a timeout up seven. Kind of knew at that point what it was going to be, maybe leading up to the rest of the half. And then, yeah, we didn't score, as you mentioned, a seven to eight lull, which we know has happened all season. I want to say here, besides the Lance free throws at 422, 
there was a point, I think, within JD's layup at 11-16. We didn't score again until Lance had a couple free throws at 422 mark, as I said. And then, again, we didn't score until Marcus hit a three to made it 15. Clarence matched a Brody layup, and they got to the point where Roman Penn, and we'll get to even on the next game, what they – but what they were doing, what Sturts and Roman were doing in these last two games, getting to their spots, a floater from Sturts, a jump, an easy Brody's, you know, big self setting a huge screen, which really it was just of, you know, you live and die with, you can even live and die with Roman's threes. He can make them. You know he's lethal within mid-range. You maybe even go under the screen and he's able to just get to his spot and hit it. So we hit one of those right before half. 46 seconds left and we couldn't get any looks. They kept getting offensive rebounds. Luckily they missed it. So, yeah, it was a 16 point lead but then no again i mean given us hope right to then adapt this and obviously this point of the season we mentioned house money in this game you know we said well let's just cut it you know obviously bad negative things were going around which rightfully so but then you just had a feeling this team maybe could have something like they did because you wanted to not lose by more than 15 points get blown out but no that started again with lance hitting a three off a tucker turnover to start the second half and it was almost exactly what it was, exactly what the – the, uh, excuse me, sorry. Lance missed a three to start the second half. Clarence had a layup to kick a started off a, off a steal. Uh, and then, Or Clarence had his own 4-0 run. Lance had a jumper, so we're within 10. Lance, one of two from the free throw line. You knew you needed as many points as you could get. Uh, and then Roman had a layup to stymie that. Lance got fouled on a three, made all of them. X made a three, so no, here we are within five. Roman, a couple free throws. Clarence, a layup. And then Marcus, a jumper, Noah. So at the 14-minute mark, down three. So obviously, it's one of those things, again, in the game, you can't dig yourself a hole to claw back. And we did it twice in this one. Um, or I say that it was in the second half. We dug, Drake dug themselves a hole. They were, they can easily snap out of it and get back in it. But no way, narrowed down to just being able to score. And outside of whenever you cut it to three, they took over, didn't look back. It got within 10 to 12 to 14 and then as it was around whatever it was at the end of the third team. But, no, we ended up subbing our guys out at the end, got some other guys in the game to warrant it. But, again, you can't dig yourself a hole and then claw back because then you get close. Connor Enra went down for an and one to then give them the push that they needed there down the stretch. But, again, it was more of just not being able to stop them after and one, starts getting to his spots, even Nate Ferguson scored, just a recipe for disaster. But you I mean, we wanted them to fight, and that, and that they did. We wanted that to happen. It's just knowing it was false hope. But, again, you want to fight because arguably you did it better than anyone else did in the tournament. We gave them a fight there and throughout the, like I said, up to the middle of the second half, and then it clawed away. But, um, obviously, it wasn't enough because you can't do that against this team. They will pound you offensively, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I just knew, knew digging yourself that kind of hole, being down – I mean, 16 and a half time against a team like this. Um, playing the day before, I mean, Marcus played 39 minutes the day, the night before. Um, X played 39 minutes the night before. Just having to claw your way back, which you did, which we wanted them to do. Um, like they've done a lot this year, I think, um, in the press, in the post game presser, Lance was asked about it. And it's just, they thought, that once they've done it this they've already done it a bunch of times this year once they got within three that that they were just going to continue fighting and win this game but they just ran out of gas you knew it took everything they had to just get back in striking distance and 
it just happens to watch that we sat there and watched that some most of the time they can make a run, but Drake Drake doesn't have Tucker on the floor, Roman and Tucker on the bench, or whoever else is. They have a mixture of guys, and we don't have that. We everything we have to do, it has to be with you that certain group on the floor. There is no, all right. Let's take let's take Marcus and Lance out, and we can still play high level basketball. Drake can do that. We couldn't. So once we got that run, cut it to three. All right, let's all right, Tucker Roman go back in and it was just they just started clicking again. Um we were able to outscore them twenty nine, twenty six in the second half, but just wasn't enough. Once we cut it to three, they just t- flipped that switch once again. Yeah, you it's funny how you say that because we talked about how Darren mentioned that whenever he's not when Roman's not on the court, he knows when he needs to come back in. He he's told by no coaches. Darren included. He just knows when he needs to go in. And you're right. As soon as they we hit that run, I want to say most of the guy, guys were on the courts and Lance was doing a good job on Tucker at times. We were able to go on that run. And it was thanks to some more heaves and some more threes. But um, again, that's what we wanted to do is fight him. You know, 10 turnovers for us. We mentioned in the previous game and throughout lots of the season, if you get 10 or less, you win. Well, you only get 10 and you lose by 13 they only had eight but that was you know if you only if you don't really turn it over that means you didn't shoot well and that's exactly what happened for us we were 19 of 56 that's 34 percent 26 percent from three that's six of 23 decent from the free throw line but drake shot 47 percent overall and 43 from three so again yeah you can't you're exactly right i mean even with no matter how old these guys are like they're expected to like be able to zone in more and use that experience that we would like to think that we could use for ourselves to, to our advantage that, yeah, they could have a Calhoun who's been hit or miss all season, but was great, could hit those shots. And I remember saying before, obviously it makes me look whatever now, just thinking about, cause I didn't know. And I, I started too early, but I knew it would take a lot of calculation to find out what everybody, what uh, out of all the games, what the three point shooting was in this tournament, see what the percentage was like, clearly, there's a lot of games you're going to miss more than you make, but there was a lot of good shooting in this one. And that's what Drake took advantage of most. And when Tucker got to his spots, I mean, he's one of the best college players I think I've ever seen. And we'll get to his next game, but um, just tremendous player. When they go on a run, there's, again, there's nothing you can do. And you're right. As soon as, because there were points when Marcus and Lance were both out of the game. Yeah. And we had Trent Dalton X, even Jawan, maybe we know Jawan who didn't score in either of these two games, the X factor, you know, didn't do a whole lot of heck of anything. So, you need a guy like that. You needed your third score, which X was been our third leading score, I guess, all season, but it's too much Jawan should have been. We'll talk about more of this in the recap, but uh, just the fact that we should have got more from those guys, and you're right, we can't sustain when our best opportunities to score were out there, and even Marcus scoring seven points ain't going to win you anything. When Lance had 18 on 5 of 13, played well overall, uh, but you can't have to mix and match, and they both have to play well for you to win this time of year. Luckily, we escaped last game, um, but, yeah, not everybody was able to – step up to the plate in this one to win. Like I said, we were playing with house money, but you knew um, Drake was going to come out fire and use that experience on their side. So our season ended there. You said some of the guys were at or just talked after the game. Talk about that in a second of what other things they were at. Um, but obviously our season came to a close there. Uh, and we'll, like I said, we'll have a talk about it again. We'll have a season recap sometime next week, but obviously losing this game, you kind of knew the writing was on the wall for a rematch in the championship game, Noel, and that's what it was, a rematch of Drake and Bradley. And 
we stayed throughout almost literally everything that happened from tip up until we, I mentioned we ate at Tenderoff before, went over, and this game was on big CBS. Kevin Harlan was on the call. You know, like I said, we were there from tip to when they hoisted the trophy. I mean, no, it was not even a contest. We found out before the game, Vile Tottenham didn't play concussion protocol, concussion-like symptoms. Uh, and we knew that he wasn't playing at his very best, but obviously he can come in and had moments throughout this game that was. He could have gave him a spark and from threes. He didn't play. They played Christian Davis. And, no, I mean, like I said, from tip, a blowout. Bradley couldn't get a stop on Drake, and they couldn't score on that end. And you mentioned it before. That's why I wanted to play Bradley, and Drake isn't us or anyone else in the tournament. But Bradley getting exposed like this, it just shows, you know, if you have decent enough defense, they struggle to score as well. And then if you're able to score on them, they're literally seeing red in the water. And that's what Drake did. They were Starks and red water, Noah. From beginning to end, Bradley got beat really bad on national TV. It's a bad look for everything, but it just shows you again how dominant Drake ended up being at the very end. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that um, Mike Reese on in the doghouse last night said it best. I mean, this is a team that scores 75 points a game and scores in the high 70s a lot, and they don't get a lot of credit for their defense they play. Um, They win this game 77-51. Roman Penn goes 3 of 12 from the field. If If you said, all right, Roman Penn went 3 of 12, they might be in a really tight game, but it wasn't a factor. I mean, the whole game, Bradley's credited for their defense, but it was just not going to happen on Sunday. I mean, Drake shot 56% from the field, 57 from three, um, got the line 18 times, knocked down 13 of those, out-rebounded them by nine, just only had eight turnovers. It was just Drake's day. They were out. This is what this, this whole group wanted. After not winning it, this is their third straight title game, not coming in, not winning the last two. This group was just on a mission to get it done. And Tucker, 22 points, like like you just like you said a minute ago, he's one of the best college players I've ever seen as well. So it was just meant to be for Drake to get it done. And this is a very, very dangerous team um, if they get the right matchups for March Madness. Bradley – like like I said in my group chat and my Saluki chat, it just you could tell the two differences of Bradley having to grinding out two games the two days before and Drake just easing on past Murray and SIU, um, not having to give their all. It was just run out of gas. Jay Sean led the way for Bradley ten points, but Duke Dean didn't have the legs three of eleven. Malavi Leon's three of ten. Mass only had six points, still ended up on the all-tournament team somehow after just one good game. So, yeah, it was just meant to be, and the right team won. So, congrats to the Drake Bulldogs. Yeah, we mentioned it's honestly, obviously, you know, you want to lose to an eventual champion if you do lose. But knowing how good Drake is, that we didn't expect a blowout here, but you're right. They kind of, Bradley have those battles that maybe – Put it this way, but again, Drake was just hitting so many threes. There's really nothing you could do. You mentioned the percentage of them. You're shooting 57% from three on almost 15 attempts. I mean, that's just insane. So um, you're right. Tucker had the game of his life. And I've said before, kind of, and just because he, he reminds me of Luka Doncic when he plays because 
he's so skilled, but he kind of plays like he's playing in slow motion. He's so skilled in the post and the kind of skillful moves that he has. They play at their own pace, and they kind of his game kind of reminds me of him. I wish I could end up finding like side by side tape of him all because he reminds me, of, and that is how good he is. But you're right, they were just able to hold him. Brody hit his only three attempt of the season at the very end, and they were celebrating. Like I said, it's good to see this group go out this way because it's going to be great not seeing them again, uh, a lot of these main guys, and all depending what they do in the tournament. And if who knows what kind of team they're going to put up. And we saw uh, last night that they added a added a what was it a three or a four-star recruit last night. So I'll let you dive into that here in a second, Noah. Uh, so that obviously – you know, was the final touch on his decision. So they're rolling right now, and they wanted to win with this group, and it's great. They mentioned how, again, this starting five – Drake starting five was older than five NBA team starting fives right now. So just using the ultimate advantage of – I mean, they said they were graduating high school in 2016. No, I mean, that's when you graduated. And you've been at a – just, you know, whatever of even the college thing for just to have, you know, however long. It just shows you how – um, how long they've been there, and it, it, it's crazy, and that's what you want. You want the ultimate win, uh, veterans to come out on top, and like I said, but if they're making that that those kind of shots, there's nothing you can do anyway, but it's good to see them win because we're not too fond of Bradley fans just because they have obnoxious fans. They had a huge one. They were so confident. I'd be confident if I had that team as well, but it was good to see Drake beat Bradley, uh, but didn't expect it in this kind of fashion. So, yeah, congrats to Drake and those veterans move on. Tucker was the most outstanding player of the tournament. You mentioned Rink was on the team with Tucker, with Roman, with Cooper Nice. Thankfully, seeing him on there, and then uh, Jay was it? Jay, yeah, Jay Sean was on there as well. So it was really heavy with the final two teams. But good, like I said, good to see Cooper on there. Uh, Rink with the thirty pointers, and then have what combined eight to the next two. So definitely killed him. But we will see Bradley in the NIT. They kind of said today how we got more basketball to play. It is going to be in the NIT. I think there was a thing. Marshall the Arch talked about it. How it's good that. There was an agreement pretty much with the Missouri Valley and the NIT that no matter what, the regular season champ is going to be there regardless. So that's where Bradley's headed, and we will talk about them on the next one. When we recap our season, once we find out everything with us, uh, we will talk about their matchups as, as well as obviously what Drake's is going into the tournament and what other teams have. So, yeah, Drake cuts down the nets. So we lost to the eventual champs. No others that. Uh, and there was one shining moment at the end, Noah, and – there's something we have a gripe with, and I think they left – we stayed the whole time. Like, watched them uh, hoist the trophy and got to watch the one shining moment, which they ended up posting on. We knew they would post it, but we wanted to see it in person. And, no, I think they left off a team. Yeah, well, uh, the only, the only I guess, highlight you could, you could say that the Salukis got was them showing the dog pound at one point. But all the other SIU stuff, it was Drake blocking our shots and – um, no highlights. They even showed Darius Burford's same dunk twice. Um, very disappointing. They showed everybody else, but left us out. Um, so I mean, other than choice three, I guess what other often what other highlight would they show of ours? It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, they could have if they had the right camera angle when X had the layup against Missouri State and flex to the bench, or Marcus had that meaningless dunk at the end of Drake. Like you're right. They could have found something. I'm sure if we watched it again, there was something that wasn't as good. They showed our dog pound, and then they showed uh, plays that Drake had against us to end up winning. So, yeah, I mean, they could clearly show 
for a team that played on Saturday and for the three seed, by God, they could show something. I mean, they could find something from the previous games and stuff we did good in the two games. But it is what it is. We did have a gripe with that because it was funny how it wasn't the case. And then, as you mentioned, they showed two of the same one. So, Noah, before we end this thing, let's just talk about – and it kind of alluded to the fact that maybe it's not going to be the case. Like I said, we'll wait till next week to gather more things when we have a season recap. Uh, and we'll talk about other things as well uh, with it. But postseason tournaments, and we knew – Brian was asked about it after the game about it, and he said, uh, you know, the potential of it, you know, and they said they'll talk to Tim Leonard about it. And we were talking about this earlier, Noah, and you know, obviously there's multiple ways you could go with, uh, you know, obviously when you get to the tournaments of the caliber that we'll have to, to be in, you have to bid potentially, and, you know, they can be in certain locations, but bid for the right as well as money to put in the do. And we mentioned how we haven't done in the past for money reasons, but we talked about how this was the best team we've had in a while. And all depending upon decisions of some players on the team, uh, I think it would make sense if they truly wanted to do it, they could do it all depending. I, I think if guys are leaving and going, you want to do it regardless if you can and you have the funds and like Tim Leonard pushes for it and you just want to do it. Like I said, either which way, how people feel about if we should or shouldn't do it. Uh, but obviously the potential is there, but they did have a post today that thanks Saluki Nation. So we're thinking it's not going to be the case. Like I said, we'll wait for it. Know your thoughts on – like I said, I think you're on the side of not being on it, but in, in terms of if they should, if the opportunity is fully there to do it after the season that we had, and like I said, you can touch on even some more things, Mike, on in the doghouse mention about this season as well and the potential of some of these. We'll touch on those. Like I said, we'll end this thing sneak peeking what we have coming up. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if the opportunity is there, I wouldn't – like I wouldn't hate it if they took the opportunity. Um, but if you're going, if you're going to do it, this is a thing that you need to, you need to go win. And if you don't win, it's kind of, it's kind of, well, what was that for? Because besides the last hoorah for this group, I mean, Drake took the same team they had this year and they went to the, I think it was the CIT and they got embarrassed with blowing a big lead in the second round against UNC Williamton. So um, unless it's a last hoorah, kind of thing that's if if they do play in one that's how I see it but I feel like going into one of these is needs to be some maybe a Belmont that has some younger guys that even if Ben Shepard doesn't want to participate the younger guys can still finish and to make a leap in for a program to get it going like um, back in 2015 ish Illinois State with the young team they continue on and they played in one of these one, four, or five games. Then in 2017, they had the experience. Well, that's when they had their really good year. One had a share of the MVC um, that year. So um, I, I looked at some the recent bracketology for the CBI and the CIT today. Um, didn't have us in either. The only Valley team I did see um, would have been – they have you and I playing in it, which that is a young team to continue playing to get more experience. So definitely can see that happening. Um, it's just up to the players and whether they want to continue, continue playing. I mean, I don't know how he feels, but I can tell you Marcus mass probably doesn't feel very well. So don't know if he would want to continue playing or not with all the, the bruises and the bumps he's taken. I mean, he looked like he had been through a UFC fight. Um, this past weekend with two black eyes, he rolled his ankle, um, rolled it again in the Drake game. So 
not sure how his body feels to continue playing this year. He might want to take the um, rest of the rest of the spring off and see how he feels if he wants to can come back next year. But then Mike, he was just saying X can't really transfer again without sitting without a waiver to transfer again because he already uses one time transfer rule. So that's one of those things he talked about. Um, then March 13th, next Tuesday, I think, is the first time the portal really opens, even though guys have already started entering the portal. Um, even Mike, he, he was kind of jokingly saying it, but even guys that are on NCAA tournament teams on the 13th will enter the portal. So it's just one of those things. Um, it was a really good interview last night with Mike. If you have not listened to that, he touched on a little baseball as well. Yeah, and he mentioned how their career will be. I mean, there is. It's going to be like thousands of people. You're right. There's going to be players that do make the tournament that leave. And the thing with, you know, playing in that, as you said, you know, they had you and I in there, and they had an awful season record-wise, and it's not always just based off inviting. And that's what I guess I was basing off of. You do it if you have guys that you truly want to go out with or you have young guys, yeah, that can set them on that run. And even from Drake's perspective – I mean, I think Marcus, it would seem like outside of age and how old the Drake guys are. I mean, Wilkin, I mean, Sturts, so be, I don't know if, what kind of professional career Sturts has, but like Roman and DJ, you know, I'm, I'm sure have a decent one, you know, ahead of them. And they wanted to come back because they wanted to run it back in that way, but they knew how close they were. So even them playing in a tournament, clearly, I think a little bit outside of having an NBA talent and Tucker taking the next step on their team you know, had the ability, along with obviously getting in right to be a factor, uh, set them up awesome towards, you know, for the next season. They have their their bumps in the row, but that set them up as a veteran team if you did run it back. And they didn't have any aspirations of transferring or going pro. They wanted to use their last year of doing it. Like I said, it matters if you think you're close or not, or if you're you and I, yeah, who want to groom with that young team and set them up, which I, like I said, I've I think UNI is going to win a definitely a regular season and or Valley tournament title within the rest of those guys' career. We know the recruiting class they got coming. We'll talk about that at a later date. But, um, yeah, I think that's overall exactly. You mentioned Marcus. We mentioned how, yeah, he kind of had an injury going in with an ankle. You know, he's had a lot of lower body. He hurts it. And the, uh, as you said, in the Drake game as well, he was getting bruised and, bruised and battered in the UIC game at the end of the season. And then, yeah, you're right. He did. He had two black eyes, it almost seemed like. So, um and it almost seemed like, yeah, he probably wouldn't want to play. And I could see them in that. It seems official already that they're not. So we'll assume that it's going to stay that way. We'll see if any other one uh, does it. But, yeah, Mike did touch on those topics. And then he said that we should expect some answers early next week with decisions because even if we were playing postseason, you wait to see what happens with the rest of every other conference season, who plays out and who falls into these uh, certain categories officially. So, like I said, whether we are in it or not, thinking we're not, that you still you get answers regardless throughout this, the rest of this week and into early next week. So that's when we should have answers, and that's when we'll come to you guys next talking about it all. You touched on X there. Definitely important. And we mentioned how just in general he's got eligibility regardless, and he can't transfer anymore. So a lot of those topics will be into the offseason. Touched on a little bit in the season recap as well. Uh, it's going to be end up being to that time. But I think the most important going into this offseason before the recap is obviously knowing and finding out if our top guys will return, because that's the name of it all. If they don't, it's, you know, you got to start fresh and big time into this offseason. That's what make it a fun offseason from that perspective. But it's, it would be even more fun knowing 
that one, two, I say all, because we definitely want Marcus and Lance to come back. It's all the way and see Mike did touch on that. Yes, we did retweet it, guys. Go check it out. So a lot of stuff, interestingly, going into this offseason. Like I said, sometime late next week, uh, we will have our season recap. So stay tuned for that with everything, with what other team, Valley teams are doing and their postseason tournaments as well. Noah, final thoughts? Yeah, just we'll recap it, but just a really – 23 good wins this season, um, most in a long time. So starting to take, and you got to you got to Saturday now. Like baby steps is the what is how I say it. That's what we got to do. And this program took a baby step this time. So hopefully by next week we have good news coming back to you guys with decisions on maybe we do play in a postseason tournament, or maybe just the news is no postseason tournament, but the guys are coming back. So. Um, yeah, really good weekend. Good to wrap it up. Hopefully, like I said, next early next week, we have good news. Yeah, and the baby steps you said, exactly. Especially when our fans showed up the way they did. They haven't liked that in a long time. So it had the makings of a successful weekend. Had your moments in the second game, won the first game. That's really all that matters because you do want to take those baby steps. You just wish that it happened earlier for this core, guys, that those – decisions fringe on we know about what seasons prior had happened not even get to that point and have that be the case but yes we will come to you guys it was a fun weekend it was a fun season and we will recap it for you guys sometime next week as noah said with hopefully some good news either which way so until we talk to you guys again next time i'm nick malone no alerts as always go dogs